It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in. This is Locked on Cougars, a special edition. I'm Jay Catch. It is Saturday night. BYU has just been dismantled 35-7 by the number 11 Washington Huskies. A rough night, man. Overall, I don't think you can argue that there were many positives coming out of this game for BYU. We'll break down some of the guys I thought stood out in the game. But man, that was a kick in the pants. But Washington showed why they were considered to be one of the college football playoff contenders tonight. That is one thing BYU fans can take away from this. This was the breakout performance that Washington fans had been waiting for from their team. They had been kind of putt-putting along with the loss to Auburn to start the year, and they hadn't had much on offense. The, The win against Utah left a lot to be desired. But man, they came out tonight. Hats off to Washington in this win. They absolutely absolutely deserved it. There's no arguing that. Uh, I Jake Browning, I mentioned on Twitter, if you were following me on Twitter, Jake Browning set a school record for completion percentage in this game. He went 23 of 25. That's 92% for those of you keeping track at home. 277 yards and one touchdown on the night. A quarterback rating of 198.3. Outstanding night. It is the second time in two years that BYU has allowed an opposing quarterback to set their school record for completion percentage. Alex Hornibrook for Wisconsin in 2017 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium went 18 of 19, 91.7% if I recall correctly. That was the school record for the Badgers. A year later, Jake Browning goes out and sets the Huskies' school record for completion percentage. Not a great night for the BYU secondary defense as a whole. They got exposed. They got carved open. Aaron Fuller led the way for Washington receiving on the night. Eight receptions, 107 yards. He's the leading receiver for the Huskies for a reason. Uh, Surprisingly very quiet night for Provo native Ty Jones. Only one catch on two targets. That went for nine yards. Uh, Drew Sample, their tight end, five catches, 37 yards, and the one touchdown pass that Browning had went to Sample. On the ground, hats off to uh, Salvan Ahmed and Miles Gaskin, that two-man battery for Washington. Ahmed had his breakout performance that Washington fans have been waiting for. He'd been kind of scuffling along. He breaks out with 10 carries, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. Miles Gaskin, UW's all-time leading rusher. Another solid night, 14 carries, 81 yards, and a touchdown of his own. Fantastic performance rushing for the Huskies. 187 yards on 37 carries, a 5.1 yard per carry average. You compare that to BYU, who struggled mightily. Hats off to the Washington defense. BYU, six rushers on the night in all. 28 carries only went for 34 yards. One, the one touchdown was Lopini Katoa's one-yard touchdown plunge with just over a minute remaining in the game. But an average of 1.2 yards per carry will not get it done, plain and simple. Uh, Lopini Katoa, the leading rusher on the night, eight carries, 27 yards, 3.4 yard per carry average, one touchdown. 
Not enough. BYU needed the ground game to be much more productive in this game, and it did not come through. I thought Tanner Mangum played well. In that first half, he showed up. I, he still struggles. I, and I, BYU fans, spare me the, he's not throwing it down the field. We heard from the coaching staff leading up to this game that Washington would allow stuff short. They're allowing the short passes. That's their defense. They don't want passes over the top. They'll give you the short stuff. As a result, Tanner Mangum, 18 of 21 for 160 yards in this game. You'll take 18 of 21. The 160 yards, I get that you can have a gripe with it, but like we were told all week long for BYU is that this defense for Washington was not going to allow BYU to go over the top on them, and they didn't. I thought Tanner Mangum played, in my opinion, his best half of football this season. You can argue that the third quarter, the second half of the Arizona game was better because he had the touchdown drives. But I thought he was on point. He was firing balls where they could be caught by his receivers. His receivers caught the ball, which was another development tonight that was a positive. BYU didn't have any drops that I really recollect in this game. The three incompletions that Tanner had, I thought, were were actual incompletions. So all things considered, just a rough night overall for BYU. But guys that stood out to me include Tanner Mangum. I mentioned just previously, 18 of 21, 160 yards. He is what he is, people. I have said this multiple times on this podcast. He is giving BYU what he's able to give them. Now, with the rest of the season in front of BYU and the defenses and talent level about to take a drop off, and that's no disrespect to Utah State, Hawaii, Northern Illinois, even Utah and Boise State. Well, Utah, actually, you have to give them credit. They are, that defense is pretty dang good. Outside of the Utah, outside of Utah, who's a P5 team, BYU should face some defenses that should allow them to throw the ball a little bit more downfield. Can they capitalize on that? Can the receivers come down with the passes and pump up Tanner Mangum's stats? That remains to be seen. There are going to be some tough games in the next two weeks. You have two high-flying offenses coming to Provo in the next two weeks before the bye sets in for BYU. That would be Utah State next Friday, followed by a trip from the islands by Hawaii, who has quite the offense. They prevailed in five overtimes tonight against San Jose State. And San Jose State's not very good, let's be real, but that offense for Hawaii can score points. We've seen it already this year. The Bows look completely different than they have the last few years, even since last year when BYU beat them in the season finale. All in all, tough night for BYU. That national ranking is more than likely gone. If you heard me on the podcast earlier this week, I still thought BYU was a fringe top 25 team or maybe the bottom of the top 25. I felt like top Number 20 was too high for them. Tonight exposed that. I don't think it's a stretch to say that Washington is the best team BYU will play this year. They were fantastic. Hats off to the Huskies. They won this game. They went out and whooped up BYU. Uh, BYU gets the break with the Mitch Harris fumble recovery on the muff snap late. Avoids the shutout. Uh So they salvaged some good out of this, and now they have to regroup on a short week ahead of a rivalry game against Utah State. Utah State on a bye this weekend. They have two weeks to prepare for the Cougars. Going to be a tough week for BYU, but they've got to figure out a way to get back home and to play well. Let's talk for a minute about where BYU stands right now at the end of the month. They are 3-2 and on the season. 
If you were to ask, I think, any BYU fan within the sound of my voice listening to this podcast and ask them, would you take 3-2 and two at the end of September when it comes? I think 99.9%, if not 100% of BYU fans' hands would shoot up in the air and probably two hands would shoot up in the air and say, absolutely. BYU is 3-2. and two. They're halfway to bowl eligibility with seven games remaining. The goal this year... If you listen to this podcast long enough, I said it was a 6-6 six and six record entering the year. They're halfway there. I think they should exceed that. I think a 7-5, and 8-4 and four is still possible even with this loss to Washington. But BYU cannot allow this to linger. They've got to do what they did with the Cal to Wisconsin turnover where they just let the Cal game go. I'm expecting when we go out to practice as the media this coming week that BYU players will say, we're on to Utah State. They're going to do exactly what they did with the Cal game. We're on to Wisconsin. And they did move on to Wisconsin. They went out and won that game. Hats off to them. They split their two top 25 opponents this year. They split the games. They've won one on the road. They lost one on the road. Three and two is a win for BYU coming out of September. Halfway to bowl eligibility. Now you have the rest of this season in front of you. I uh, need to heal up some guys. Zane Anderson was a critical piece that was unavailable once again tonight. They could have used him covering tight ends and slot receivers from Washington. They Butch Pau struggled mightily in this game. I'll go back and rewatch the film tomorrow, but my base analysis was that Butch Pau struggled plain and simple. He took bad angles. I think that him being injured, his conditioning level wasn't to where it needed to be. And he was a liability for the Cougars in this game. I don't think I'm being too hard on him. Sione Takitaki got a little too... Um, he overran plays a little bit. The linebacking core struggled in this game. Washington saw on film that B- they could get at BYU's linebackers, and they attacked them. I, all the credit goes to Chris Peterson and his staff. Bush Hamden, the offensive coordinator, Jimmy Lake, and Pete Kiewakowski, the co-defensive coordinators there. Hats off to the Washington coaching staff. They scouted BYU extremely well. They came in with a game plan. They executed it Executed it to perfection and hats off to them I was really impressed with what Washington did in this game they shut BYU down and they kept them off the scoreboard until a late turnover that's all you can expect and BYU penalties early in this game killed them the second half they seemed to clean that up for the most part but a lot of killer um, issues for BYU in this first half. I know Lapini Katoa had that critical fumble. Aleva Hifo was very surprised that his fumble did not get uh, over, that it did get overturned, that it was not upheld. I thought it was a play that would stand. So he escaped there. So, all in all, hats off to the Washington Huskies. This team is going to need to make a run. They've got to make a run through Pac-12 play if they want to make the college football playoff. But the good news is they played in prime time on the East Coast. They battered a top 20 team that was ranked top 20. BYU was ranked 20th. They can hang their hat on that. It was a good night for Washington and the Pac and the Pac-12 as a extension of that because now Washington's firmly back in the conversation when it comes to the college football playoff. BYU, like I said, that national 
national ranking likely is gone. They're facing a high-flying offense when they go up against Utah State next week. And we'll break that down a little bit next. We'll also get some of your comments in here. Uh, I, I threw it out on Twitter, asked you to send in your comments. Of course, you can always reach out to the show at Locked On Cougars or at my personal Twitter feed at Locked On B. Sorry, not Locked On BYU at Jacob C Hatch. I I'm struggling tonight. I apologize. And also, you can find us on Facebook at Locked On Cougars. There. Thanks for tuning in to the special edition. Tough loss. BYU loses 35-7. to They drop to 3-2 and on the season. Now getting ready for Utah State. We'll talk a little bit about that game next as we wrap up the show. This is Locked On Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, it's your team every day. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Welcome back to Locked On Cougars. Thank you so much for joining me on this Saturday evening. BYU loses to number 11 Washington, 35-7. Rough night for the Cougars, but they have to regroup. There's no time to mourn because it's their first rivalry game of the season next Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium when the high-flying Utah State Aggies come down from Logan. Going to be a barn burner, I think. It's going to be two contrasting styles. BYU likes to control the clock as much as possible, run the ball. Utah State, time of possession means nothing to them. In essence, they like to go out and just run, throw the ball and push the tempo. David Yost has got a good thing going there under Matt Wells' leadership with the Aggies. Jordan Love looks like the real deal. He is going to be a difference maker for the Aggies for years to come. Only a sophomore. Ron Quavion Tarver, a great wide receiver. Darwin Thompson, a great running back. Man, I can't wait for next Friday night. I think this is going to be an interesting game. It'll be a pivotal game for BYU coming off this loss against Washington. See if they can bounce back. Similar similar to what they did with the Cal loss. Granted, a completely different type of loss. BYU had the ball with a chance to go down and potentially win that game. Uh, this one, BYU is out of it early and often. So can they regroup, get ready for a rivalry game, keep their emotions in check, and also get ready. It's a short week. I know it's one day sooner. It's a Friday night. And Utah State, they are on the bye this week. So they have had extra time to get ready for BYU, heal up. BYU a little banged up playing four Power 5 teams in this first month of the season. Friday night, going to be a lot of fun. Of course, full play-by-play coverage will be on the Zone Sports Network. Scott Gerard program director at the zone and also the voice of the Aggies will be on the call full pre game coverage play by play post game all the coverage for you will be on 97.5 FM and 1280 AM the zone you can get the game there if you're looking for something outside of maybe listening to Greg Rubel you want to listen to somebody else's broadcast check out Scotty G's call I think he does a fantastic job 
And that's not just me saying that because he's my boss. All right, let's get to some of your reaction here on the game tonight. Uh, level-headed fan. I like that. At level-headed fan. That's actually kind of a funny uh, tweet. Uh, looks like somebody new. I, I don't know if this person has any followers. But says that the offensive coaching staff underwhelmed. Down 35 nothing and still running the ball. If they don't have any faith in Tanner, then he shouldn't be playing. What I can tell you, level-headed fan, is that BYU, the coaches, have plenty of faith in Tanner Mangum. If you listen to Aaron Roderick earlier this week, he said, I can go back and pull the audio if you want it. He said, this is not a game for statistics. Tanner Mangum completed 18 of 21 passes, 160 yards. Statistically, his best performance of the season outside of not getting any touchdowns in this game. So there is plenty of faith in Tanner Mangum. He's not able to throw, throw the ball down the field. I get that. He's just struggled with that. And I think that might change here in the next couple of weeks when the competition uh, decreases a little bit in terms of the level of uh, talent on opposing defenses. But we'll see how it goes. Seth Baird, of course, uh, owner of our one of our featured sponsors here on the podcast. And if you are, do want to sponsor here on the podcast please please reach out we'd love to have you on locked on byu at gmail.com happy to talk to you there seth baird weighed in saying that byu needs a pass rush and big play capability right now they don't have either but go cougars he's right the pass rush tonight was abysmal it went back to the cal game when i absolutely roasted byu for their lack of lack of passing lack of pass rush I know I praised that pass rush for the last two weeks earlier on the, earlier this week on this podcast. I'm a fool. I believed it. I thought that they had turned a corner. They didn't. Tonight was absolutely abysmal. Outside of Corbin Kafusi forcing Jake Browning into an intentional grounding call, there was nothing out there. There was nothing for BYU in terms of the pass rush. They couldn't get it. And when BYU, and you're probably screaming at me, well, they need to send more guys. When they did blitz, and I know BYU doesn't blitz a lot, when they did blitz, guess what? Washington absolutely roasted them. Uh, Corbin Kafusi had the one sack. I apologize. Also the sack early in the game, as well as forcing that intentional grounding call. But all things considered, just a rough, rough night on the defensive front. I thought the linebacking core was subpar this evening. I mentioned in the first segment that Butch Pauwu struggled. I felt like Sione Takitaki overran plays. Um, a bright spot defensively was Austin Lee's play. He forced a fumble with a fantastic strip. In- incredibly unfortunate that BYU was unable to come up with that ball when seemingly 10 of the 11 guys on defense were around it, but Washington recovers it. Uh, Austin Lee also set a career high with seven total tackles, five of them solo on the night. Hats off to Austin Lee. He played well. And Butch Pauwu, I mentioned the fact that I felt like he had a poor game. He still tied for the team high in total tackles with seven. Three of his were solo. He had half a tackle for loss, combining with Kairos Tonga on that. So, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm going to have to go back and watch this film. It's definitely a, a game where BYU just, it wasn't great, all all in all. And 35 points on the board is not good enough. I mentioned the fact that Jake Browning set a school record for completion percentage. Just, yeah, not great. Not great at all. And there there needs to be um, some come-to-Jesus meetings maybe as they, kind of re- as they try to rebound for this Utah State game. The big playability, uh, Seth, 
I think that's partly a product of BYU uh, having faced the level of competition they have. But granted, the McNeese State game, they didn't show much. I know they went deep on that first play and Gunnar Romney was unable to come down with the ball. So hopefully they're able to generate something and get some big playability. But the pass rush is just an absolutely glaring issue. And it's it's going to be an issue for the entire rest of the season. I, I feel dumb for even praising it because it was, it, I, w- I was fooled, plain and simple. Casey Finlinson at FinDaddy81, been a longtime follower of mine on Twitter. Thank you, Casey, for weighing in. He asked the question, how can BYU create more pressure? He says, please have faith in this secondary. Allow them to play man-to-man. I think he's saying you need to um, get to where BYU can have faith that the secondary can play man-to-man. He said the zone didn't work tonight. No, it did not. Also, wide receivers need to be taught how to go beyond the sticks on third down. But all that said, UW, speaking of Washington, is a great team and easily the best team BYU will play all year. I tend to agree with you, Casey. I felt like going to a zone coverage tonight was a bad deal. BYU had played man mainly early this year in the secondary, trusting the cornerbacks to plaster and play well. And they went to that zone and they got carved open. I mentioned the fact that I felt like Washington understood they could get at BYU's linebackers and passing plays. They set it up and it, that's how it went. Uh, Brian at hooray for hooray underscore four underscore you. He sends in a GIF. It's um, from uh, the it's a sitcom. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now. But it says it was a disaster. Yeah, it was a rough night. Plain and simple, it was a rough night. And I. I think I've made myself very clear. This is a disappointing result for BYU, but they got to pick it up and move on because if they allow this to linger, they're going to lose next week against Utah State, and they're going to be three and three. And all of a sudden, the the arguments about them making a bowl all of a sudden become come come back. Even though I still think they're firmly in place to make a bowl game this year, that's just my opinion. But if they're three and three. Fans are going to be very un- unhappy. David Hatch, also a longtime follower and listener and in- interacts with me quite often. Thank you for re- weighing in. I love the last name, David. You know that. At BYU Singer 84 he says, Extremely frustrated and disappointed in the effort. Probably still lose because they're a good team, but what a terrible showing. Unacceptable. It wasn't a great showing. I, I agree. I don't know that it was unacceptable. Um... I feel like some of the games last year were more unacceptable than this one. The defense simply got out got out, out coached, outplayed, and that can be a, that can be a criticism of Elisa Tuiaki and Kalani Satake. But I felt like I felt guys I felt stood out. I mentioned Lopini Katoa, I thought he had a career high in receptions, leading BYU. Seven targets, seven receptions. Good on him. He didn't drop one. He had 66 yards there, 27 yards on the ground, the t- lone touchdown for BYU. Tanner Mangum, 18 of 21, 160 yards. And I had some people say that Lopini Katoa, his fumble negated everything he did good in this game. I completely disagree with that. He rebounded well, and he is well on his way to becoming BYU's featured back. Him and Squally Canada, I think, are better players than they showed tonight. I think Lopini Katoa is going to be a good player. I thought Tanner Mangum, I'll say it again, had one of his best games, if not his best game statistically on the season tonight. Teammates around him didn't necessarily show up. This defense struggled, plain and simple. But I thought Austin Lee was a good player in this game. Sawyer Powell getting some extended playing time, I thought, stood up, stood out a little bit. Four total tackles for him, three of them solo. 
Kairos Tonga. A uh, rough night, like I mentioned, with the pass rush struggling, but he finished with a good stat line for a nose tackle. Four total tackles, two of them solo, and 1.5 tackles for loss. You'll take that from your nose tackle on most nights. The issue is Washington carved BYU open, and just that zone was was just an, it was not good, plain and simple. They need to they need to clean that up and get things figured out. A couple other things here for you. They talked about, uh, so Donnie Lee weighs in here. He says uh, that may have been, so I talking about the game, said that may have been more on the play calls today. He felt like Tanner played well. He says UW has arguably the best secondary in the country. He's talking more about the passing attack being more dynamic. Do I need to reiterate myself? The coaches themselves explained why BYU was not going deep tonight in the lead-up to this game. Washington does not allow teams to go over the top of them if at all possible. They will allow a short pass, no problem. They'll run forward and tackle you, but they will not allow their team to allow teams to go over the top on them. They just they just don't do it, plain and simple. So I've gone far too long on this podcast. We'll wrap it up here. We'll be back on Monday getting you ready for Utah State. I'll have my additional notes after I rewatch this film for BYU. Very intrigued as to what I'll see once I rewatch it. It's kind of funny when you rewatch film, rewatch a game because you know the outcome. You're able to focus on more things. So hopefully my opinion changes on some things, and hopefully my opinion doesn't change on some things. You never know what is going to come out when you actually watch the film again. I'm not a guy who's going to tweet out videos like some other local media members. I'm just not that sophisticated. I bring it here to the podcast because. I love talking with you guys. So thank you for staying up late with me listening to this podcast. If you're listening to this on Mon- on Sunday morning or whenever you're listening to it, thank you for your continued support of the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to bring it to you guys. Rough loss tonight, but BYU's got no time to, to hang back and let it linger. They've got to get ready. Utah State next Friday. And, of course, we'll be getting you ready for it all week long right here on Locked on Cougars. Have a great night. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.